everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Today, um, you're stuck with myself and Jay in Liverpool because we're doing it very early in the middle of the afternoon. We normally do pods at night. So we're here to discuss the, the wonderful 1-0 victory over Everton in the FA Cup by the kids. First of all, Jay, welcome. How are you? It's been a while since I spoke to you. It has, yeah. Uh, Happy New Year to you. I know it's been well, four or five weeks since we last spoke on a pod Uh it's all good. Liverpool is red. It's always has been red. There was never a question of doubt in that. But going to work the last few days has been magnificent. I'm sure it has. You had one. Of, you're you're very fortunate. You had another one of those great nights at Anfield. You know that you maybe went thinking, you know, we, we could be on the ropes here given the given the, the the selection of the team and whatnot against a very experienced Everton side managed by none other than Carlo Ancelotti. Like that's put it into perspective here. You had a hell of a night. Yeah, uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous because I was. Uh, especially when the team come out. So we obviously seen the speculation online beforehand and don't know where that's come from. Probably a local lad knowing he was going to play has probably let it slip somewhere and it sort of made its way online. But I was a wee bit nervous going into it thinking, well, oh, we could have maybe put in a bit more of a stronger lineup, And then no sort of the thought going into the game was dividing between the fan base. If you you were either on the side of the fence of uh, like when Carragher put out there, fuck it, just throw the kids out there, he doesn't care. And then obviously the, a lot of the thought of what happens if you played one of the big boys and they got injured and it was a meaningless game and the other side of the coin, which I'm on is, well, it's, it's Everton and you never want to give anything to them. Uh, we've remained unbeaten against them for years. They've not won at Anfield for 20 years. The century, you, as we yeah, keep telling like, the the fact that it, they could they could live off this cup win if they had won for years and years. You'd never hear the end of it, even if it was our C team or whatever. Um, and it's a chance to get to Wembley. I said it going into the Aston Villa game. I know the situation was forced upon us where we had to play two teams in twenty two hours or something like that from different sides of the world, but. I wanted us to to have a go at that. Like he took Curtis Jones, Neco Williams out to Qatar and they didn't play. So why didn't he leave them at Villa and fly them out with Elliot and Vandenberg? Like I think we would have had a bit more of a chance and obviously we were missing Brewster for that game, which may, may not have been a, a factor against Villa, but in the whole heart, we were we were the better football team with a little bit more quality. We might have actually got something out of it, but I want to go to Wembley. I want to see us win cups, whether it's the Carabao, the FA Cup or the Czech Trade Trophy. I don't really care. I just want to see us win cups because we were saying pre-pod, we, you've, grew, you've grew up with players who were trophy-laden. We, for me, not so many, but like I touched on the fact that Steven Gerrard's career at Liverpool, he always picked up trophies every four or five years, three or four years, whatever it was. These lads are potentially playing the best football we've seen ever at Liverpool. We've started to pick up trophies in the past 12 months. We're probably on schedule to pick up a St- couple more this year. The style of football, Jay, the style of football deserves trophies. And I think that's, yeah. that's the point I'm trying to make. And when but you the, look at the likes of, well, you know, some of our legends. Yeah, they've got to, absolutely. They've got to be called legends because they've won that many things. And these lads have got it all there. It's all set up for them. I Virgil van Dijk, club legend, potentially yes, because 
he's changed us that much, but he's got to have medals in the bank to show for it. Like, he's, he's, he's got to have things to back it up and say, like, Virgil van Dijk played for Liverpool 350, 400 times, and he won two Champions Leagues, three leagues, two FA Cups and a League Cup. Yeah, there you go. If you go, Virgil van Dijk played for Liverpool 350 times, won a Champions League and a Premier League, and that was it. You go, oh, and you know, he should have done better in his time if he was that good. Like that that's my point. Like the FA Cup's there to be won. All right, we 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 put our our kids and reserves out. We fucked Everton, which wasn't hard. We've now got a favourable draw in the next round. The kids will probably feature it again because it comes wedged in between two Premier League away games. Um but the opportunity's there then, fifth round and then what I have so three three games, two games from Wembley or something like that. I, I can't remember how many rounds it is, but the opportunity's there to get to Wembley. I don't believe in the semi-final at Wembley, but Completely that's the way it agree. is. Completely but agree. That's the way it is. You get there, you go to the semi-final, you think, well, you've had a taste, now let's go to the final and win it. Yeah, I'm a, I was a much bigger fan of the, the neutral venue uh, for, for the semis back in the day. But look, the, the competition, the star has fallen. There's no the stock has fallen. You know, you, you look at the prize money. It's, it's no wonder. Well, football's a, a, a now a money-driven, multi-billion uh, worldwide organ. And, you, and you're offering 1.2 million for winning a, a tournament. You can understand um, the Premier League teams putting the, the weakened sides out and whatever. But we did that, Jay. And look, the first half, there was a couple of ropey moments. And, and thankfully, we had experience in the goal in, in the form of Adrian, who... Like, let's be honest, we, we were blessed to have picked up for knocking around the uh, the bargain basement of, of, of players out of contract. And, and we really were. You know, he, he's he's done a lot this season. And, and there's not very many people talking about him. I know that Curtis Jones and, and the kids have, have taken centre stage, and rightly so. But I think a notable performance there is is maybe even Adam Lallana. There was the, the spine there of Gomez, um, Adrian and, and Adam Lallana, who I thought did very well. I thought Lalana sort of c- continued to talk the whole way through the game to the kids. As I say, that first half, that they were a little bit incoherent. You know, they're having to join the dots up. But in the second half, they were they 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 just seemed to come into their own. And the belief that they showed, the belief the belief that Curtis Jones shows in, the, in his post match interview, Jay. Stand beside Adam Lallana, complaining about not getting enough game time. You yeah, know, number yeah, one, it, it, it can be perceived as mighty arrogant, but I, I, I see nothing wrong with a kid being driven that hard. I really don't with a, with a drive that strong. Get him on. Yeah, like, well, first on Adrian, West Ham fans must be sat there kicking themselves now because they've obviously they lost Fabianski for a large chunk of the season and. They went from sitting in the top six, or not that they would have stayed there for the for the long term, but they they've they what they've, they've plummeted rapidly, and they had some fella in goal, Roberto, who you don't think was there on ability. I think he won a raffle prize or something to get into play football, but uh, like Lonergan with us, <laughs> well, <laughs> the country I, I mean, singer. <laughs> I know what I, I've watched him in warm ups, especially like when like, we've been playing games and. Like for his age, he can still get around the goal. Um, but this Roberto fella, he was a fraud as as big as they come. But we're not here to talk West Ham apart from the fact that they they give us Adrian for free, which was nice. Um, they say that the first half we was a bit disjointed. You could tell even like 
I, the one player for me I, I highlight the first half was Nat Phillips. He he looked like he had lead in his boots. He couldn't get off the ground for a header. Um, whether it was nerves or he was just sort of a bit unsure of the surroundings because he's not Shane, been around we'll the club. We we'll have to throw the occasion in. We we'll have to throw oh, the fact yeah. in that he was dragged back from loan um, and, and put in that position. You know, uh, and, and also he's playing. Uh, all of them are sort of playing under the lights at Anfield against the biggest of rivals, um, you know, in a derby game. To me, it was only natural that they were going to take maybe half an hour to, 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 to gel. And the fact that they remained and kept the door shut for that half hour was, was the stone it was all built on. Oh, massively. But I just on Phillips, it was like, couldn't, couldn't really get settled because of, as you've said, the whole occasion and stuff. But, and about 25 minutes in, he rattled Richarlison in a slide tackle, which was you could see coming 10 yards away. He was going through him. And he put him into the into the dugout, basically. He got up, put his shoulders out, got his head up, and that was it. He was in. He, he knew where he was then. He he just needed something to, to get him settled. And like that was the for me, that was like a microcosm of what the game was. They just needed that one little thing to happen for them, just to give them that belief. Like Neco Williams down the right hand side took on a few players. Elias had Dinye on skates all night. He he got schooled by a sixteen year old kid, and Elliot knew knew it. Whatever he got the ball, he knew it. he was he was having him on toast. Uh, Larucci coming in for Milner after seven or eight minutes, whatever it was, when he went down. Like obviously he was superb. Ev- he really ev- was superb. Uh, everyone thought oh, there, there's a big loss. Obviously Milner experienced head knew what he was doing uh, it was the, the type of game you want James Milner in for this kid comes in perfect not a foot wrong I think a couple of times first five minutes it was just obviously the the excitement he got caught up field but then Gomez playing on the left hand side of defence it was superb sort of probably said to him like just get yourself in here for five ten minutes sort it out get your head level and then we, 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 we're good to go and the fact that we got to half time, obviously we we didn't have the better chances. Everton did; they should have buried a couple, but that's Everton for you. Adrian saved us, and you'd imagine Klopp probably went into them at half time and said, "Look, these are shit. Get out there, enjoy yourself. Show 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 the the fifty five thousand in there what you're made of. Show that eight thousand the blue shades in the other end. How good you really are, and how bad they are. And the lads come out flying second half, and you know." whether they come across on the telly or not. The Red song, the ball, the ball, they haven't touched the ball. We played the shite on a Sunday night and they haven't touched the ball. We destroyed them. Um, yeah, you obviously you were in there. And, you know, there's been a lot in the media about, you know, how poor Everton were second half. I don't really, I just thought we were great. I didn't really see that Everton were poor. That the, Their heads went down. Certainly their heads went down. They, Maybe they, by, by what they were facing rather than, than anything else. You said the occasion before, like, the, the young lads you've got to take into the occasion and the nerves and whatever hey we, we've said it before on pods like we sort of have a mental block when we go to Old Trafford Everton have a mental block against Liverpool these are playing the kids and they still got this mental block they and they, they were they were the boys when it comes to the second half we were the men we, we stood up to be counted we, we were first to every ball first to every second ball and it felt like after an hour, they were crushed, they were finished, and it was a case of 
for me, the longer the game went on, up until obviously Curtis Jones scored that goal, I thought maybe we're going to get to the last 10 or 15 and Klopp might go to go ahead, man, and go and win it. Well, well, they were all warming up on the, on the sideline as the goal went in, to be honest. I, I don't know whether you saw the thing on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah. Manny yeah. warming up and he just, he just took off. Jesus, he's fast. <laughs> yeah, but like, I I just said to me, Mason, in the ground, I said, it's all set up. Manny's going to come on. He'll, he'll settle it because he's, he's world class. Um, and you wouldn't have had no complaints. I'd, I'd the, the lads who went out there held out for 80 minutes or 75 minutes, Sadio comes on, scores the winner, and we all would have went home happy if we didn't need him. <laughs> you know, we we put another one on the top. You went home happier that you didn't need him because the, the man got <laughs> yeah. a complete rest, you know, and, yeah, and he needs and it. Not only that, little arms once again got beat at Anfield because a ball he couldn't reach. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I think he could have had longer arms. I still don't think he's reaching that. That was you could you couldn't set it there better, Jay. You couldn't actually literally lift the oh, ball no. and place it in a better place. You you couldn't, but you know it's always good to give the him a audacity. Bit of stick, though, the audacity of what a nineteen-year-old in that game at that time in a match to go, hang on, I'm just going to bend one into the top. Because that's what he was doing. There was no, there's no other thought in that kid's mind other than nope. bending that into the top corner. There's a reverse angle picture of probably the view of the Everton fans looking at Jones and you can see Ox is screaming for the ball. He's wide open and we know Ox loves to shot from distance. And I think he posted it on like his social media saying, I was looking for the pass, but I'll let you off. <laughs> you sort of thing. Uh, and yeah, he knew what he was doing. And I think Jones, I think the occasion got to him the first half like he did for the few others. And he, he sort of got a little bit lost in the mire. And he was he was playing a bit of a strange position. He was not one of the midfield three. He was sort of trying to break the lines. And it was all a bit hectic. And I, sort of, I think he got a little bit swallowed up. Um at times, but then second half he was phenomenal. He got on the ball, he he strutted the stuff, and the lad's ability just to to glide past players is phenomenal. At that age, he he, he gets the ball and he's he's away from people in two touches, and he, he is a talent, and he's he's got every right to be southern the sideline calling out saying he wants more game time, and I imagine we we may keep him around the squad. Given given the company he's in, Jay. Oh, calling he, for more game time, calling in the company that he's in. Like, you know, some could call it arrogant. I just think that's supreme confidence and, and, and it, belief in himself. It is. And like, look at our midfield at the moment. We're, we're short on numbers. And he's got every right to probably think, well, why aren't I getting a sniff? Like, we, obviously, we've been missing Fabinho. He's, he's due back, hopefully, in the next week or two. Uh Kate has been in and out with injuries, which is a, a huge loss in terms of, like, he was getting into form. Yeah, the, lads on, the lads touched on it the other day. But it, it is what it is. And then, like, he's basically, Ox has been out for a few weeks. So we've relied on Milner, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, and Henderson, sorry. And you've got to think, like, well, when's the lad going to get a chance? When's he going to get 20 minutes? And, you know, just, get, just give him the opportunity to get some games. It's probably has been a little frustrating for him, but. He knows his ability. He knows he's good enough. So why why is he not getting the chances? And I mean, other than going on knocking on Klopp's door and saying, "Look, fella, when am I getting the game? Putting one in the top bin in the Merseyside derby is just as good." 
Absolutely, it did Big Div no harm. Certainly kickstarted his uh, oh, yeah. Liverpool career again. You, you know, and and those are those are the fine margins, Jay. You know, and and that's that's when you're dealing with a, a human being and confidence and, and belief. But uh, you know, I, I, as you rightly say, he's every right to be banging on Klopp's door. You know, I've just been that one. Come on, let, let me on again. And 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 he's and he's right in doing that. But there was another one. We, we got our first look at at Minamino. Um, I. I was impressed. Now, again, first game, big game to be coming into. He's not playing with players that, you know, in a, in a squad, basically, or 11. The 11 he was playing with is not the 11 he's going to be playing with uh, week in, week out, one would imagine. Um, not at this moment in time, in the future, maybe. Um, but I thought he did all right for, for a debut. Uh, he didn't do a Virgil and score, but uh, I, I thought he was lively. I thought he looked good. Uh, considering he's only been there a matter of hours, if you, if you take it, you know he's only seventy-two hours at Liverpool, basically, and 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 thrown in. So I I have no complaints with him. I thought he looked lively, and I thought he looked good, and I think he looks a prospect. I was impressed with him, to be honest. Yeah, um, he picks up some clever positions. He he played obviously the the Bobby position, as you would probably label it, the false nine. However, uh, you wanted to address it, and he done well. He. he he dropped off, he picked up the ball, he's nice on the turn, he's got a little turn of pace, he he wants to include others into play. He, he, a couple of times he, he drifted out wide and linked out with the wide players, Elliot and Origi, and even the full-backs and stuff that were up bombing on. So you can't go much wronger for for the debut in, in such a big game, the occasion, obviously. Um, a goal would have topped it, but um, he's going to take time, he's going to need to bed in, but He's gonna be playing with world class players, and it was a no brainer of a transfer in terms of what he can offer us and and the price we paid. It was it was no brainer, but he, he is gonna come into the squad and he will be a good addition. Obviously, he's he's gonna be on the bench for the next couple of games, but he's an do you option. See it, do, do you see him? Do you see him being used? Um, you know, obviously we we saw with Klopp. Um, you know, when he buys a player, sometimes he'll. He'll hope we saw it with uh, Robertson. We saw it with Fabinho until they get to... But Minamino seems to play in a style very similar to ours. And you would imagine, although I thought this would now be Keita as well, <laughs> that he would just slot in. But Klopp's very... And, and, and the whole staff are very careful about bringing players through. And, and don't get me wrong, I like it. But given the fact you've mentioned, you know, the, a bit of a... Bit of a not a crisis, but we're not in good shape in midfield or not in the shape we could be in midfield. Do, do, do you think... Maybe we can see Bobby getting a bit of a rest uh, some, you know, end of the new year here, maybe the last 20 minutes or so. Do you see him being used as that, or do you think he'll he'll be used sparingly? I think he'll be, not straight in, but he'll be, he'll be definitely on the bench the weekend against Spurs. Um, and I think we, we'll definitely see him the next round of the FA Cup. He'll probably start that game. And I'd imagine maybe a couple of league games over the next period of maybe February, March, he might start one and Get in and about. I mean, do the night uh, we playing Chef United. I think it was Bobby looked pissed for the first half. He was his first touch was terrible. He got back into it in the second half, but he'd probably. But he goes like that. That that that. Uh, put it like this: I was advocating on this podcast before the World Club Championships that Bobby Firmino needed to rest, and then he went and bagged three and or four and three or something. So, yeah. <laughs> so whenever you think Bobby needs a rest, he, he he goes and does stupid shit, you know. He does, but he's only human. And at the end of the day, he does need a rest. Mane and Salah need a rest, and it gives you the option to 
juggle around with a bit of formation play as well. Like he probably can sit into the number ten role, play a four-two-three-one. But given our midfield crisis, might actually be a blessing in disguise that we can we can play him there. Obviously, Shakiri's on the comeback. We've seen Ox for twenty twenty-five minutes at the weekend, which I don't think any of us expected to see him at all um, because we'd not heard anything. I had sort of thought to myself, Aspen, over Christmas, I've missed all of this. Because I, I naturally assumed he was still injured. I was just shocked well, to actually see him there, you he know. Was, he was not mentioned by Klopp to say, yeah, he's, he's coming back or whatever. And I mean, I suppose that's what we get used to with injuries now. He sort of keeps us all in the dark about how long people are for. We don't know when Massif and Lovren are back. We sort of didn't know anything about Fabinho. Well, Fabinho seems to be close, I think, now. Which close is... now. And I think the the news I think we got from last week was Matip is back out running, um, which is a positive because we are short in the back as well as in the midfield. But Although that saying, Gomez <laughs> has been very, very good. And and, and he, he, he led the defence very well. And mm. you, maybe, you probably saw a lot more of that than I did. I, I From what I saw on the television, he was communicating well with them. He, he he stepped up, I think, is is the best way to describe it. There's an argument to say he's probably been the best centre-half over the past month. Since he's come in, we've kept eight clean sheets out of nine, and the one he conceded was when he played the centre-back with Henderson against Monterey in the World Club Cup. So you can put a massive asterisk against that because you're playing a lad who's never played centre-half with him before. Um, there's, a, there's a huge argument for me to say He's been better than Virgil. Obviously, Virgil gets all the glitz and the glamour because he is world-class. He's the best defender in the world. But Gomez has been levels above what he was earlier on in the season when we've seen him for a few times. And maybe it was just, you know, he needed to get his routine, his sharpness back because he did have a bit of a layoff. So to get Matip back and be able to, to give Gomez a rest, maybe in the next FA Cup game, that we give Virgil one for this, so why can't Gomez sit out the next one and Massive come back in? Um, we've just got to keep these lads fresh because we're on the cusp of something special this year and we just need to manage the squad and just getting three or four players back, including like obviously bringing in Minamino, we can just rotate ourselves through and we're quite fortunate to the fact that our next two games, we've got a six-day gap a five, six-day gap till we play Spurs the weekend. And then we've got a week gap till we play Man United. So I think this period now is probably key in terms of Klopp just being able to give the lads a little bit of a breather in training, but also just settle them down. And we've had a very busy schedule and we flew through the schedule. We've, we've, we've hardly dropped a beast, but now is just a time just probably to take a little bit of stock. And we, we're notoriously a bit wobbly in January and I think now is the time where we just need to to get our heads screwed on and just get through January because as I say we've struggled in the past but we've got big fish to fry this season Jay look we, we survived the the nightmare of December and and we we everything that was put in front of us in December we destroyed and I don't see January as being anything different and it brings us nicely in we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Tottenham actually um, you know, it's it's Mourinho up next, and you know, look, they, they've been poor, they've been good at phases, but they've all, you know, the, the they've not been 
anything to write home about under under Mourinho, to be honest with you, Spurs. Uh, Harry Kane's now out, which some may say could be a blessing. Um, I don't know. Uh, he, he gets a lot of goals. Some I, I've never really bought into the whole Harry Kane thing. I never, just don't get it. Never have. <laughs> you know, no, he scores. He, he scores goals. goals. There's a, you can't you can't deny the, the numbers and whatnot. But I just I, I've never got it. But with this game, Jay. Look, it's fucking Mourinho, and we know what Mourinho thinks of us. And and if there's a way that he can spoil anything for us, you know that he's going to do it. Personal, personally, my own opinion is we're far too good for that. But it's Mourinho. What's your thoughts? Well, Spurs have gone back to the Spurs of old. I mean, like we're talking four or five years ago before Poch was there, because he he made them a solid outfit. Um, obviously, it all went sour towards the end and stuff, and. If you want my opinion, Poch should have walked away in the summer after he got them to the Champions League final because that's as far as they're going to get. Um, he took them as far as he could and then it's all gone a bit sour and contract talks. And well, stuff. you can throw a caveat in there as well, Jay, on, on their budget, on the way that Levy runs that oh, club. On yeah, their budget, yeah. that's as far as they could go. Yeah, but I mean, the contract situations with big players, I know Levy again, is very shrewd. That comes down to, to, to not being able to say, look, these guys actually warrant, this is what other players of this stature are earning elsewhere in the league. To have this player of this caliber at our club, this is the wages that we need to pay. I could hark back to, remember whenever James Milner came in a free and there was touted t- he was getting 150k a week and there was everybody's head was falling off. My own included, I may add. But, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, over the course of a contract, 150k for what James Milner's done for us in the last few seasons is buttons. Yeah, he's, he's more than earned his money. Um, but like Spurs threw a lot of money at Deli Alley and Harry Kane, and then they dragged their heels over the two lads at the back and Ericsson, who arguably are just as if not their best wanted, player, their absolutely best their best player. Yeah. So, like, you know, you got you got to question now how the priorities lie at that club. But yeah, Mourinho loves to spoil a party. He likes to park the bus, but I don't think he's got a bus. In Tottenham to Park, um, they're un- they're already under pressure. He's he's had a mixed bag of results. He's he's won games he arguably shouldn't have won, and in his lost games, arguably they should have won themselves. Uh, there seems to be a narrative out there as well, Jay, that some maybe you know a little bit of a run in the Champions League can patch over all the cracks. I'm not, I'm personally not so sure. No, they, I don't know why he took that job anyway in the first place. It was a very surprising choice to go there but obviously he's seen something in them and they see something in him whether he's his time of the game whether he has actually gone away and actually studied a bit and learned about himself and time will tell but I think there's already started it only took six weeks for him to turn nasty (laughs) it's exactly (laughs) so so he didn't learn too much (laughs) yeah it's already started to show he's he's, he's rattled rattled inside but I mean if you'd offered the point to us now, would you take it? Yeah, you would, but we, we're more than good enough to take all three off them. And oh, I, I think I think we need to be looking for three. I think, well, you know, I don't every, think we do. But I think every game now is like a statement to me, Jay. It, it's, it's a statement of resistance. It's a statement of resilience. It's a statement of intent. Every game is a statement of intent from Liverpool. It's like this driven... Driven, but you know, you, look at look at Curtis Jones. How driven it that runs through the veins of every employee at Liverpool it appears at the moment yeah I, I, I don't expect anything other than a win but if someone said to you now that you can you can get out with a draw 
one all draw or whatever, then I, yeah, I'd take it. But I don't want it if that makes sense. I, I mean, we should be well, going to I, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd said something similar about the game after that that if we got a draw against United, just get fucking rid of them. Without, without taking no. them as as but again, it's like. It, it, I, I'd be the same situation. I, I expect a win. I want the three points. But I think what, where we are in IJ is that, you know, look, do, do I think that we're going to win every game till now the end of the season? Do I think there's not a couple of bumps in the road? Of course there is. We've got to get over the line as well. So that, it's another thing that I keep repeating. And, and Dave Dunning actually laughed at me whenever I said this. You know, this group have yet to win a league. They've yet to get over that winning line. You know, when it's three points away, can they? You know, I fully expect them to rise to the challenge. I fully expect them to pass it. But it is the only question, in my opinion, left of this Liverpool side is to cross the line and, and be Premier League champions. There's that big thing hanging over us. And what, what you love more than anything is we get knocked. We're getting constantly berated by other fans because... We've not won the league for 30 years. We are that won. good, Jay. We are so that good. That's yeah. why we get berated. Well, yeah, but the, I mean, how long have we lived with in the shadow of United through the 90s? And and it's been frustrating that we haven't won the league and we've come close on a couple of occasions. And it, I think there's just so much there that, like, the Suarez season and when we some, went some close under Rodgers and obviously the Gerrard slip and whatever, that that's all there for the players just to say, you know what, we're, we're not we're not just going to put that to bed. We're going to absolutely bury it. And we're going to do it with an unbelievable amount of points. And we're, we're going to steamroll pretty much everyone we come across. And there's no reason why we can't. We, we were saying pre-pod, there's, there's numerous records where we can blow out the water this season. And why not? Most of these records have been held by Man City and, what they've done under Pep. Well, let's just go there and co- go to the Etihad. Potentially already champions. Potentially win it at the Etihad, which is what I've said for a long time. But let's just put these to bed. Let, let's let's put the marker down that we're, we're historically the greatest English club. Let's prove it. And it's all driven towards that. And I think there's so much riding on it that the players just are focused solely on get this league and get it absolutely nailed up in the best way that we can. And like, I, I take it that the mood around Liverpool, the city at the minute is, is pretty much because I think with the lead that we have, it's, it's afforded us a, a period of sort of relaxation and enjoyment of, 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 of what this team's doing. You know, like that, that win against Sheffield United was, it was magnificent. The, the the game against Wolves, we played brilliantly. You, you know what I mean. And and we have such a such a lead at the top now. I d- I don't recall sitting down and watching a couple of games and enjoying them so much, not being breathless. I take it that translates throughout throughout the city. Everybody's sort of comfortable now with where we are. Yeah, the, there's a there's a calmness and anticipation of what's coming. Um, like even the most hardcore fans will just say like it it's pretty much ours. But until it's done, it's not done. I heard it being said. We've we've two hands on it. We've just yet, you you've yet to lift it. That's and that's a that's a, that's a, that's a really really good way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, like one one thing I've said a few times is that time to get the red ribbons out now. Like we're, we're that close. Get the ribbons out and start dressing it because it's it's there to to hand over. Like it's it's not one, but it's 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 too far I think to be lost. Um, 
in the way we are this season. And I think maybe four or five more weeks, City will give up as well. Um, they, they, they'll, they'll get to the point where they know it's... They're it, favourites it, for the Champions impossible. League, so they're grand. <laughs> well... They've, what, got to, what? they've got to get past Real Madrid and not the Real Madrid of all, but they've still got... And they're still favourites for the Champions League. It's it's yeah. incredible. I, I don't get it. Like We've been to two finals in two years. We've won it. They've never been on beyond the quarters and they're favourites. Yeah, but... I mean, let them have that. Um, let them get Laporte back. Let them rush him back. We say we, we touched on it before, pre-pod. That he's coming off a long, serious injury. Let them bring him back and rush him in because he'll break down again. We saw it with Ox. We, they don't just come back and they're not machines and no matter what Pep does to them medically, that he ain't going to come back and he ain't going to be that star centre-half right away. It might take him till the end of the season before he starts to look at his full self. He might he might get there before, but it'll be too late by then. It's too late already. You, you know, it was, it was too late before Christmas basically for them. Um, and you know, it's 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 one that you, well, you can have a number of opinions on Jay. You know whether they should have bought, whether they should have replaced company. All these things are being regurgitated out again and again. But the fact of the matter is, they are where they are, and we are that far in front, and it affords us just that that luxury of being able to breathe. And and for that reason, I have no doubt that we'll get it across the line. But but I think the bumps in the road, maybe the draws or whatever, could, could come closer to that time whenever it's well, you know, that that we're we're. We're there, ready to win the league and actually make it mathematically impossible for others. Uh, and, and that would be, to me, the, the only question that is left of this of this team. And I do expect them to clear that hurdle with plenty of space. Plenty of space. Um, but as I say, back to, back to Spurs again. Um, just to close it out, how, how do you see the game going? What, what, what's your prediction in the score? Uh, go with... Well, the team sort of picks itself, doesn't it? Really, um, I think the only question, well, especially, is, especially after uh, after the rest and then the six days, it's been handy. We expect a yeah. very strong, very strong response team. I, I mean, the question is the midfield now that Milner's picked up a knock. Um, obviously, Henderson and Wijnaldum didn't feature in the FA Cup, so you'd expect them to come straight back in. And then, well, is there an eye? Maybe Ox could get. Maybe sixty ex ex Arsenal man against uh, against Spurs. Could, could you yeah. have a better man? Really, I I don't see why not. And then there's every argument. Then if Fabinho or Shakiri are on the bench, did they get a little twenty five minute run out, or does Curtis get a run out? Because you know he, he's banging on that door and he plays in the midfield. So the options there I mean you could see. Well, if you're two or three up, yeah, two or three nil up, say with seventy minutes. I wouldn't have a problem with seeing a Curtis Jones at all, um, especially coming off with that kind of confidence after the last game and whatnot. It, it would make sense, actually, if we're in that position to actually do it. Yeah, and I think even just just our bench, if if we pencil in Wijnaldum, Henderson and Ox to start, then we've got a relatively stronger bench in terms of you'd have Origi, Minamino, obviously Jones on there, and then maybe a couple of youngsters to back up, but just you, you mentioned Fabinho. Do, do you think he's that close? I think he's a bench option, um, just to just Ooh. to get him in in and around the squad. Uh, Shakiri as well has talked about being close at the weekend. So even if they're on the bench and 
one of them maybe gets on. I think even if they're just there and they just travel and they just get that feeling of the the match day routine back in the system. Um, to be quite honest with you, I'd keep Fabinho wrapped up in cotton wool until we play United, just so we can sit in that midfield and we can go all out at them and you can just keep the back door shut if we need it. Uh, outcome of the game, I think this is the game that we might actually give a goal away. I don't want to, but um, the fact that they've not got Kane, they play better when Son's there. He's back from a free game layoff for his lash out at Rudiger, so he's going to be chomping at the bit. Uh, I go three one. I'm going two nil. Um, I don't. I don't see us. I don't see us conceding. Um, I, I, I think Allison's. <laughs> he's he's just he's got an aura about him and he's phenomenal. He? And it's as. It's a sad. But Jay, he didn't. He didn't. Right. I. I. I've. I watched him, and I was. I actually, when when we signed him, I was kind of against it because he was what I would class as a wandering goalkeeper. I saw him. I saw him live here crossing the halfway line, um, playing for Brazil, and, and I don't like to see my goalkeeper doing that. And, and my objections and my worries around Allison were that. But at that time, and I saw him play for Internacional uh, here in Natal. Uh, a number of years back, he didn't have that aura. I don't think he had that aura when he arrived with us, but I agree with you now. It's certainly there. Yeah, he's he seems to have got back into the team and he sort of get himself back into shape and whatever. But the last what say six weeks, he's like, "No, nah, you, you're not going to beat me. You're literally not going to beat me, and you can throw whatever you want. I'll just bat it away." and I, the fact I think now that we've had Gomez and Van Dijk that was what he come in and started with and that's what he was used to um, alright we, we had Matter for the large chunk of last season and that was fine as well but I think he knows what he's got with them and we can play a higher line and he, he enjoys the sweeper keeper aspect that keeps him switched on but when he's in goal you just as long as you're in his own half, Jay, I have no problem with <laughs> <keeper. laughs> Oh, he, he loves a little dash off the line, but he, he's got this order that thou shall not be beaten. And I would not be surprised if he goes on to win the Golden Glove this season, even though he's missed about three months of action because he's, he's that dominant as a goalkeeper. So I've just got the horrible feeling that... And he's not mega huge. He's not goal, mega tall either. You know, for a goalkeeper, he's not huge, huge... No, but he's he's got a massive wingspan, and the fact when he dresses in all black, he wear he's wearing his tights at the moment because he has nothing to do, so he gets a bit cold. He just he looks powerful and dominant when when he's in all black. I love it because he just you've got a nice big red team in front of you, and then this big guy at the back with all black in the goal, and he's just like he's like Grim Reaper, Darth Vader. He's just stood there saying, "You ain't gonna win me today," so. I love all that, um, but I just have a feeling that these are going to nick a goal off us, probably on the counter, uh, through Son, because he's literally their danger man. Um, but I, I, I see us having far too much to them. We've had a huge rest, really, for these lads that we've had uh, going into this game. Spurs have had to play pretty much a strong team when they played at the weekend against Butter, and they got held in that game. That's an, an, another fixture to their pile up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I win. I think they'll get a goal. Well, I'm 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 going for the clean sheet. Um, and and on that we will leave it there because uh, I'm I'm on the way to watch two teams from Manchester hopefully tear lumps out of each other. 
Uh, a couple, couple of injuries would be delightful. Uh, absolutely no problem. Uh, very, very welcome. But just as long as it's a nice physical game, where the two of them out. Yeah. Nice, good, good derby. Can I just give you a little side note that's just flashed up on my phone? Graham Brewster has gone to Swansea on loan for the rest of the season. We talked about it just before we come on air. Uh, it's confirmed lad. for the rest of the season. And for those who don't know, which we didn't before we had a little look into the research, <laughs> the gaffer at Swansea is an old academy coach at Liverpool, Steve Cooper, who had Brewster under the under-17 World Cup win for England. So I'm sure, obviously, as the club that we are, we've done our research and he's going to a man who he knows and is going to get game time. And hopefully it all works out well for him. Indeed. Um, he's been lauded very highly around the around Anfield and around Melwood. So hopefully this loan spell will help kick him on, Jay, as, as, as you say. It'll certainly do him no harm. I think, from what I've read, he's kind of guaranteed game time, which is awesome. Um, couldn't, couldn't wish for anything more. And then in the safe hands of an ex-LFC employee, can't get any better than that. Here, listen, we'll leave it at that. Thank you, as always, Jay, for your time. Always a pleasure talking to you. It's been too long. It's the only, uh, only complaint. I'm sure I'll be back on soon. Ah, don't, well, don't forget, <laughs> it's it's won by the SEAD. Remember that. I said 14 points by Christmas New Year. Not, 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 not Goodison then, though. <laughs> That'd be the dream, but I, I'm sticking with the Etihad. Uh, I've, I can't see any reason to disagree with you. I disagreed with you over your 15 points by Christmas. You, that was 17. So I, I'm not. I'm, I'm with you, Jay. You're the soothsayer. No, no, <laughs> no problems though. But listen, thanks again for your time, and listen, thanks to the listener for for tuning in to us again. And we'll be back after our visit to Mourinho Land. So until then, upper heads. <laughs> <laughs>